0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello everybody, I'm Louise Greenwood and welcome to another of our Wessex LMC's podcast. Today we're focusing on practice management and the title of this podcast is The Job's Too Big. And to discuss this, I've got Jenny Partridge with me, one of our practice manager supporters. Hi Jenny.
1: Hi Louise, nice to be here.
0: So, the job's too big. That sounds a bit negative. Job is big. But it's a sort of a question of I think one of the things is, you know, how do we chunk it down? Recognition of the practice management role is big and has got a lot bigger in recent years. So how do we tackle that? What do we do? And let's find some sort of top tips um, for what the situation is. So I, I guess I guess the first thing is, um, why, why is it too big?
1: Well, it's interesting because a lot of people are attracted to the practice manager role because of the variety and because of the number of different things they get involved in from um, the finance side to recruitment, staffing, um, supporting the clinical side of the practice, which is is fascinating and interesting and uh, no two days are the same. However, what's happened over recent times that more and more work has been added to the practice manager workload and whether it's PCN coming in or new services coming in and then in particular COVID over the last 18 months nothing's gone away from the practice manager workload and there's just greater and greater expectation on that particular individual and in addition to that you've got the systems that are meant to be helping practice managers do their job which just aren't fit for purpose and we all know about PCSE and uh, Mm -hmm. the sagas that that entails so the things that should be relatively straightforward to deal with. Just take more time and effort and you have to do them again if the system fails. So we're in this sort of perfect storm of problems at the moment and there's ways to tackle that, which are good. Um, And the main thing is really talking to other practice managers and getting their help and advice on what you can do. If you're feeling like the job's too big, then there are ways to tackle it and there's great examples across the country of how people have tackled it. So Um,
0: the job's too big, but... You know, we see practices that seem to have lots of staff. So why aren't you just delegating some of these tasks that are just too big to make make the job manageable?
1: Absolutely. And and in some places they are delegating very successfully. It's all about having the right people in the right jobs in the right time uh, and having that capability. And if it was easy, you'd have done it. And that's the case of those practices that are working well. But if you've had turnover in, in areas where people are critical and you haven't had a backup plan, something's gone wrong before you know it you're struggling because practices are all small businesses and there's only a few key staff who really keep that practice running and it's also the time and effort to train people up and it's classically if you're feeling a bit busy and under pressure and something goes wrong you think oh I'll just fix it myself I'll just fix it myself Mm. but that's when you create this pressure on yourself and you realize you haven't got enough people in the right jobs to do the workload that's there and
0: I guess also you create a sort of a I don't know whether the helplessness or helpless culture is a, is a, is a sort of a, a well-known expression, but I guess you sort of create a, only the practice manager can answer this question, only the practice manager can sort this. So you kind of, do you sort of kind of encourage people to stop thinking for themselves a little bit?
1: There is a risk of that. And if you take on too much of yourself, then absolutely everybody in the practice is going to expect that the practice manager will sort it. Whereas if you've got clear roles and responsibilities, so who's responsible for what? Uh, it's a lot easier. You're spreading that load. So, if you take something like infection control, I know practice managers that take on that role, but it's very much a clinical role. And actually, if there's questions on that sort of thing, there have been masses of those over with times, then your, your lead nurse or GP is in a much better position to answer those questions. Yeah. So, it's very important that you don't know everything as the practice manager and you let other people take that responsibility and, and grow into that responsibility because mm. that makes for a more robust practice and a, a better work-life balance for you as a practice manager
0: so you've delegated a task jenny and this is a task that you've explained well and it should be absolutely fine and you can see the person who delegated it to is failing at it and it's not going to work do you let them fail and so learn from that or do you jump in and say oh do you know what i'll just measure. i'll just do it myself
1: um well i've seen both uh, <laughs> both approaches and i guess the, the the correct answer is that what you would do is you would watch them uh, see what's going wrong and then step in and coach and advise to help prevent them failing but to learn from that experience but Mm. not take it on yourself because then you're back to square one all you've done is spend time training them and then they've not done the job properly uh, and you've taken on the workload so that's the worst of both worlds and how do
0: you work out what to delegate what's the what's the best way of working
1: that through um it's having a list of all The key responsibilities you've got in the practice, and saying what is it that's absolutely critical for me? What can only I do with my skill set that's got the right levels of confidentiality? So, I don't know, payroll might be a, a classic one, or contracts that you think, okay, only I should be dealing with this for certain staff within the organization. But something like in, infection control, something like you know, reception rotors, staffing rotors, all those things should be handled elsewhere in the practice. Maybe your finance administration could be handled elsewhere as well, but you do the ultimate financial reviews and budget setting. So depending on the practice size and um, type of practice you are, you'll have to set your own levels. But think very carefully about what it is as a practice manager that only you can do. And one of your key roles as a practice manager is to do the planning for the practice, to look ahead. This is about the next... Year to, to three years, uh, where should the practice be? Where are the finances coming from? Have you got the right staff in place? So, if you're firefighting, you haven't got a chance to look ahead, therefore, you're not going to prevent some of the fires that are going to, going to come in place, and you're just going to be going round and round in circles, spinning those plates and um, struggling to keep them all up in the air. Uh,
0: I suppose one of the things is that we all like to enjoy our work. So, some of the things that you enjoy doing as a practice manager might be things that you should be delegating. And that's quite hard, isn't it? To let go. of? Maybe you liked in the road because you get satisfaction from doing those, but actually you have to let some of this stuff go, don't you?
1: You do have to let some of it go. And sometimes as a practice manager, when you're dealing with very frustrating situations that aren't easy to solve, it's much easier to go back and do something where there's a clear answer at the end of it, because you get your job satisfaction and you can tick it off your list. And kind of feel satisfied at the end of the day but the reality is if somebody else can do it not even not as well as you but 80 90 as well then your time is probably better spent on something that's going to have more impact on the practice long term and that's just the reality of of being at the top of the organization in that sense
0: so that's quite interesting so that's kind of an ex- sort of a a mindset of what's good enough it Absolutely. doesn't all have to be perfect do you think that's quite important as a practice manager
1: i think that's very important as a practice manager Um, and and it's very easy to think this has got to be perfect, but you know full well that within the next week or two, some system's going to change, something's going to change somewhere, and you're going to have to reinvent what you've done. So whatever you set up now, it's it's going to have to change, and we've all learned how much we've had to to flex over the last uh, couple of years. So it is very much a mindset of of good enough and focusing on the things that are important and going to have major impact on the the practice. So
0: on an individual level... How is it best to plan your time to make sure you are most effective? Because if you're not careful, um, when you go in as a practice manager, you walk through the door, you are reactive all the time because there's stuff going on there's things to sort out. How do you get your head above the water to just think through the important stuff? And as you say, you're supposed to be focusing on the important stuff like the contracts and the payroll. How do you do it when you've got people asking you to do things all over the place and a thousand emails to see in your inbox.
1: And that, that's difficult, especially if you're changing the way that you've worked in the past. So the simple answer is lock yourself away in a quiet room somewhere where nobody knows where you are and actually spend some time planning how you're going to spend your time. Um, and I would say if, if you're going to change what you've done historically, you absolutely need to take that time out, whether it's, it's working from home or finding a quiet space. And um, you've probably heard of the the important urgent matrix where you plot out all the bits of work you've got to do and work out what is it that's important, but not urgent because quadrant two, it's called. It's the one that people don't focus on so often. They're on the important and urgent or even urgent and not important because it's just the sort of thing that we have to do day in, day out. Um, The other technique I've used which relates to that is called something called vomit on a page, which I Mm. think is a lovely expression blank piece of paper and you just write down absolutely everything that's on your mind and everything you've got to do on a blank piece of paper and then start grouping together all those tasks into into different areas and look at okay so that's all to do with finance that's all to do with staffing who can i get to help me what is it that only i can do what can somebody else in the practice do and how do i then plan it on and as a result of doing that sort of thing generally you feel a lot better because it's out of your head and on a piece of paper and you can start to see the wood from the trees and go, okay, that's what I'm going to focus on now. That's how I'm going to work. And then tell people, tell people, I'm going to focus on this. I need you to focus on that. So please don't disturb me with these uh, little things that are going on because I need to focus on this.
0: That's interesting. So do you think sometimes perhaps parents can be people pleasers? They don't like it to say, like, do you know what? I'm going to do this today. You're mm-hmm. going to have to deal with that. Is that. That's sometimes quite difficult to say, isn't
1: it? It is very difficult to say. And if you yeah. want... Yeah, if you want to be helping people out and taking that kind of role of practice about I'll oh, sort it, don't worry, I'll sort it because you're a sorter outer. Uh, it's it's hard to say, but it is the right the right thing to do.
0: And also, I like the thought of laying down everything you've got in your head. And we all know there's just um, all sorts of, as we've talked about the plate spinning before, put down a piece of paper, shut it in your desk, go home and actually try and then concentrate on being at home or your hobbies, your family, whoever, your loved ones, whoever mm. you, lived with, you live with. Because at the moment, there's a lot of working hard. There isn't a lot of playing hard because we can't go on holiday. Or if we do, it's very mm. difficult. You can't go out, in you know, like relax and quickly pop, do it impulsively to the mm. shops or, yeah. you know, to the restaurants. And everything has to be thought through and lateral flows and be careful and, is making the playing bit hard, isn't it? So do you think people are falling into a trap of actually doing too much working and remote working and actually not quite letting go? Mm,
1: Absolutely. And the the danger of remote working and the fact that you can just access work whenever is that you don't take time out and you think, oh, well, I'll just get this done. I'll just get that done. And before you know it, it's nine o'clock at night and you're tired and you think, well, I'll try and go to sleep. You don't sleep well because you're still thinking about work because it's been on your mind all day. And then you're in for the next day and the next day and the next day. And if you don't have that downtime, your brain doesn't have a chance to actually switch off and start to think of creative solutions to some of those problems you've got. So it's actually good to switch off and do something different because it does give you that that thinking space to then start to get perspective on, on what's going on and what's important. Because otherwise you get so caught up in what's happening on sort of day to day, hour by hour, that you do lose sight of what's important.
0: So when you stop and when you do have time away, don't necessarily sit in a chair in front of the television watching Love Island having a glass of wine. Maybe do something a little bit more proactive. Make make in you know, a make yourself timetable in your um hobbies another time mm. in the way that you sort of focus on um things at work, focus on your home time because valuing you at home and valuing yourself away from work is really important, isn't it?
1: It is, absolutely, and a lot of people will say that getting out getting out the fresh air and nature just helps them change of scene um able to just take time out and admire the lovely sunny weather when we get it it's just incredibly therapeutic and and time with friends time with people outside of the world of practice management and primary care is is very healthy too so just have such a different perspective on life and it's sometimes you do think oh i have lost touch a bit with uh, with the rest of the world so it's it's good to get as much variety in as you as you can and, and remember that this is a job it is not your life and, and keep that perspective
0: yes it's important isn't it she? when we first had the first lockdown and you had to get out you know you had your exercise and you're allowed mm. it, and actually how very diligent we all were with it and now when you can do what you like you kind of don't do it even, and the, the, there's something about the sort of rules that you have to or you don't have to or you can't but mm. then you want to and then when you're asked to do what you like you just you just go back to your habits if you're not careful don't you
1: Mm. it's yeah. very easy to get sucked into it and then just before you know it you've worked the weekend and you're you're into sort of the next week and the next week and I know people are struggling to to say well I can't fit my holiday and it's like you need to take that time out it's it's yeah. it's best for you and it's best for practice if you take time out and the practice will survive without you there uh, I know a lot of people struggle with that and and then end up working through their holiday but it's uh, from the long-term your long-term health as well as the practices you need to take that holiday
0: yeah. When you mentioned the word creative and creative solutions, mm. I remember reading an article um, not that long ago talking about how everybody is so attached to their iPhones and Instagram and Facebook mm. and all the rest of it and actually concentrating on something else for a long span of time or actually nothing for quite a long mm. time is something that we're not really doing. They were talking about being bored as a child and actually. Yeah that boredom then starts to relax let stuff go and then your mind can start looking at other things Mm. um and I think it's something that it's it's just so easy I'll just check this I'll just check that Mm. I'll just check my email and because if I'm up to date now or I'll just sit just before I go to bed then it'll be easier in the morning but it isn't because you're never
1: getting that big that big space yeah Um, and actually you become a, a bit addicted to it and to that adrenaline rush from just there's always something new to look at always something more to do and it's um it's not necessarily a good habit to be in yeah
0: and one of the things that we've just launched at west's omc's is our spaces to thrive and it's all along those sort of ideas so with the ideas we're creating a space for practice managers so space to get together give you some headspace put space in your diary so that you can think so come together with sort of five or six of you. One of our practice manager supporters like Jenny will be facilitating the session. There'll be a little bit of a chatting about what's topical and what's hot, which obviously will be flu and COVID at the moment. Um, but then where, what's your priorities? Where are you going with things? And actually just have an hour and a half, perhaps every other week, to think, chat, spend time with each other, um, and to just sort of band about some ideas. And uh, I think we called it Space to Thrive because we really want people to think, yes, this is a job, but I want to be the best I possibly can be at this job. How cool. can I be? Oh, perhaps I could do this. Have you done it this? Ah, that's a much quicker way of doing it. Learn together and then grow together and then sort of move on. And, and suddenly the you then begin to remember the good bits about the job and why, oh, yes, that's why I love doing it. And you're right, the variety is fascinating. It is such an interesting job, um, challenging, but then most people go into it because they like the challenge, they like the adrenaline rush, and they like being Mm. sort of – when you think how quickly practice managers and general practice adapted to the start of the pandemic and have kept adapting, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And that's exciting to start with. We all know now it's a little (laughs) bit tiring. But actually, you can get that back then if you start – re-looking at what is good um and what you like about the job, can not you
1: absolutely and i think you can learn so much from from other people it's only other practice managers that, that really understand what you're going through um and it's okay to ask for help you know we are good at supporting each other and the risk is that you know if you always do what you've always done then you're always going to get what you've always got and uh it's it's good to move on from that
0: yeah and some of the things is um is structural change, you know, organizational change, people change, culture mm. change. And that change is threatening for a lot of us, um, and you know, out of your comfort zone, or perhaps um redesigning somebody's job or how the practice has looked for, for a while. Um, and perhaps you don't really know if you're different or you're the same as everybody else, because if you've only got your head down in your own practice talking to you know your, mm. your fellow workers in the practice, you don't get a chance to to think and see do you but i know you've had experience of looking at organizational change and and cultural and structural change jenny having in various Mm -hmm. different practices but and you've probably seen a number of times where it's worked but it i guess none of none of the changes has been easy
1: no it's 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 about what's your reason for change so if, if the reason is driven externally um so it could be by covid making us all go online or it could be uh, one of the big, biggest changes I went through was moving to, to new premises and bringing two surgeries together. So we had to restructure then in order to, to work in a new environment. But that gave us a chance to really sit down and think what is general practice like today and how different is that to, to how it was when the practice was first set up and what sort of jobs should we have? And we were able to set up new roles like um, patient services managers focused on very much on the patient side, people that focused on the GPs and nurses and supporting them. Uh, and others that sort of focused on, on IT and, and coif. So rather than everything sitting with the practice manager, it was the responsibilities were split. And something like a premises manager, if you're a large enough practice, being able to take the headache of premises away from the practice manager is, is very important and a, sort of saves a lot of time. Um, the other side, the cultural change, it's, it's interesting to see how some practices are still very much operating on a sort of small family scale operation and others are operating far more like businesses. And... We're all coming under more and more pressure to operate as, as businesses, as the systems come in, and it's how we adapt and recognise those changes and, and work out as a practice how we're going to adapt, which is where you need to take the time out to plan, to talk to the partners and to look at your organisation and what, what's coming, what are, the, what are the threats that are out there and what are the opportunities that you can take advantage of so you're in the right place for the future.
0: And sometimes um, when you communicate change, we think about talking. And we do a lot of talking and how to remember what everybody said, how you said it. But sometimes sim- symbolism can be really important. So one of the practice managers I know, they've introduced um, new uniforms for everybody. So when the patients go in, they think, oh, this looks new. So therefore mm-hmm. the patients aren't quite as surprised, as when some of the systems have changed because they're expecting things to be new. Um, I think also names of people, titles of people, um, patient services manager, um, patient um coordinators there's all sorts of mm-hmm. different names now um, for different roles and that can reflect more of what the actual role is because sometimes if you think sometimes the title of reception is seen as derogatory by some people so you know you might want to think about things in different ways um, and also how you how you um get information to your own colleagues we think about you know we've all got phones now do a little film if you haven't managed to be at the staff update or whatever the update might look like do it on a little video and send it to people. You know, we, we were talking earlier about there's always some people that say, oh, nobody told me. Well, do you know what? You've all had a little video on your email so you could have watched it. And then you can actually hear things said in the same tone. And the, you know there can be no um, prospect of anybody misinterpreting things because everybody has heard it in the same way. Um, so I think some of the changes, I think we we can be creative and imaginative with how we are pro- um, with some of the changes we're introducing, I think. Um, and it can be quite fun, pass some of the responses, share ideas. Mm. Um, what do you think we should be called? What colour do you think we should have waiting what, and, and some of it seems a little bit, um, you haven't got time to do any of that kind of stuff, but actually... Paint new chairs. Some things can, you know, new coffee machine that can make all the difference in the world, can't it?
1: Mm. Um, sometimes these symbolic changes are are very important in terms of again bringing people together and reminding mm-hmm. us, you know, why are we all in general practice? Because fundamentally, people are there because because they care. They want to do a good job. They care about patients and uh, and giving them as, the best service they can. And they're frustrated if they can't do that. So, again, Thomas, just taking that time out to to gather the team together, especially now that we are able to do a little bit more in person can just build that sense of remind people about why they're there and what what can we do to improve and just just get other people's ideas in and yeah. be open to change I think because that's uh, that helps create that sense of uh, of togetherness that, that helps practice thrive
0: and there's lots of support um out there for as you said the practice manager supporters there's coaching there's mentoring there's facilitation there's all sorts of um other things we could do there's also the practice managers can do appraisals on other practice managers if that would be helpful there's lots of avenues and one of the things is it's a massive strength of character and of yourself if you do reach out for help um, and if you also offer help if you're you know happy to chat with others and chat through ideas that can be enormously helpful and as we said before sometimes it's the it's the weight of responsibility that practice managers hold that can be quite exhausting and only another person and probably another practice manager can actually understand how that feels um, and sometimes it can be very very helpful to have an honest conversation um And just say, oh, gosh, yes, I I don't feel so isolated more because you Mm -hmm. feel the same way too. And it's really nice to share that. Um, And we have an amazing group of practice founders um, in Wessex LMC's, don't we, Jenny? It's just we work with amazing people.
1: We do, we do.
0: Okay. Um, so all i would say is thank you jenny it's been fascinating to chat this through with you um do come contact us if you've got any questions about anything you've said um, and jenny's particular skills are in sort of organizational change and change of culture and that sort of thing so she would i know be only too happy to talk to through it with anybody and even if you talk something through and then think you know what we're okay we don't need to change it that's fine um you know it's the double to change for change's sake and as um, jenny was saying it's um you've got to have a reason to change so the job is still too big we haven't managed to solve that one jenny but we've broken it down a little bit and hopefully um given you a few pointers and um, we'll be back soon i'm sure with some more all right thanks very much everybody thanks jenny bye bye wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice